It's time for Wheel Nerds. And here are your hosts, Chuck and Todd. Hi, and welcome to Wheel Nerds. This is episode 60. I'm Chuck. And I'm Todd. We're going to be talking about motorcycles. Chuck. Yes? This is important. I need to know this from you. Okay. The verses? Yeah. How much do you really like it? A whole lot. I mean, you know, if something were to happen to it, that would be okay, right? I mean, it's you just mean a like thing. someone's going to wash it? No, no, you know, just if it was, say, someone's set on gonna fire. Whack. What? Set what? Nothing, nothing. Let's move on with the show. Wait, what? I, I got to go, I got to go upstairs. Let's talk about this picture that Wait. Brian sent us but, uh, on Facebook. But, um, it's, uh, it's, oh shit, it's fire. Fire? It's nothing. No, it's just fire. It's a firing. Uh, campfires. Fires, yes. It's a campfire. What's that smell? Nothing. It's not burning plastic. How come your clothes are all kind of... What did you do? Nothing. <laughs> oh. Having a bad enough day. <laughs> so he sent us this picture of this Touratech fire ring. Oh, God. It's made from brushed metal. <laughs> Adventure. Adventure, nice, fancy campsite. Uh, Adventure fancy. Yeah. Okay. I mean, Tour Tech is great. Yep. And that's a nice camp. You think they put that on like the top rack? I don't know. I mean, I guess if it folded up or something, it could be sort of useful as opposed to just a ring of stones or a hole. Uh, I mean, it looks cool with the fire mm-hmm. through the logo. It's photogenic. That's great. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> no. Tour Tech, I'm trying so hard to like you guys. <laughs> No, you don't need all of this. Don't. But, you know, like Austin said, there's a market for everything. Mm-hmm. Someone's willing to, to, to go there and canned and, yes, there's your firing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's <sighs> way too small to hold the verses. <laughs> Let's move on. We're going to watch a video. How not to ride your bike. Okay. We'll put this on here. So it's a guy on a scooter Four, and everything's cool and he's ten, moving a little up. Wah! <laughs> Oh my God. Rumble, rumble. I like how the scooter keeps going. That's horrible. So a guy, it looks like he's asleep at the switch or something. Was he trying to pass? No. No. Just, no. He's, he's, I think he fell asleep on his scooter. I mean, this says the guy passes out and then runs into the well, truck. Sure, but that's really something. That's, uh, yep. That dude is, I hope he was passed out for that because imagine being awake. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and seeing that truck. There's so many of these videos online. Oh. This one has no comments yet, which frankly is a bit surprising. That's uh, Usually these are full of comments with people saying, you know, oh, that's what happens when you ride a scooter. You fall asleep and hit trucks. <laughs> okay. That's, oh, I, I, I've got to admit a brain fart. I did something. What's Not that? that bad. Oh, what did you do? I was, uh, I was going down Highland. Mm-hmm. I was doing about 45-ish, yeah, maybe yeah. close to 50. Mm-hmm. And a lady popped out of a driveway mm-hmm. and I got on the brakes. Yep. Panic stopped. Okay. And the rear end immediately broke loose and started shimmying around the yep. road. And I was wiggling the bars, trying to keep it straight and, you know, doing some body English. Mm-hmm. Kept the bike up. Yeah. Came to a stop with like a couple feet to spare. Mm-hmm. I noticed that when I got on the brakes... Uh-huh. I got on the brake. So you skidded to a stop with nothing but your rear brake? Yeah. I totally forgot there was – my hand never – my fingers didn't even Chuck, flinch for the front. Chuck, I'm going to give you a little exercise we do with our students. Yes. When we come to a stop, we stop with what? Brakes. Yes. Which brake do we use? Our front. Both brakes, Chuck. Both brakes. brakes. I'm going to go out there on the road and I'm going to give you the both brakes signal. Yeah. Here's my thought though. When's the last time you practiced braking? Have you gone out and practiced hard braking on the Versus? Uh, I have. Okay. Yeah. And I've, I've had another panic stop on the Versus and went for – I did both brakes. Huh. Interesting. I just – part of my brain just uh, just went out this, the – I don't know. Do you think it was the pre-work distraction or something? Or I mean was – were you busy? Were you late? Uh, were you sleepy? I was listening to Opa Gangnam Style. Opa Gangnam Style. Come on, do you know the dance? Do no, it. I don't. Do it with me. I don't you, know the dance. You don't? What? No. But Opa. No. Gang. I got nothing. But I'm only in bands you haven't heard of. What happened to my bike? Nothing. 
Nothing at all. Then you know the dance. <laughs> Horse dance with me, Todd. First time I've done that. Yeah. Yeah. Just completely got on the rear brake. Like there was no tomorrow. Locked the wheel up. Just was like skidding. And sur- I surfed the bike to a stop. Wow. Never didn't drop it. Wasn't even worried about dropping it. Mm-hmm. Just was like, stop. <laughs> <laughs> but not very much. <laughs> Yeah. 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 Kids, it's not an efficient way to stop your bike. Rear brake worked. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's a strange one. I'm glad you're okay. Yeah. One of the downsides Reflex I found fart. actually of my short commute is that I don't have that many occasions to use the Strom's horns. <laughs> I kind of, I'm looking for excuses now. Like anybody gets just a little teeny bit out of line and I'm like, wow. <laughs> no, I, I think this might be left over from the Buell actually. Yeah. Because the, well, the Buell rear brakes were really good. Mm-hmm. But you still use the front, right? Yeah, but there was times when I would just stop with the rear brake on the Buell, like come huh. to the intersection stuff. Interesting. I would just use the rear brake on the Buell. Huh. That's really weird. Because, you know, the front brakes on the Buell were like. Yeah, those those were dropping anchor. Yeah. That's interesting. And I, I, I've had people talk about their bikes before. You know, oh, I always, you know, I don't use the front much because it's very grabby. Somebody's telling you about a KTM that way once. Except the Buell, the KTM, both of them I'd ridden. And bright front brakes are amazing. I mean, they're yeah. just, they absolutely drop anchor. But they also have really good feel. So. Yeah, it's not I, like you would. I think it's probably just a case if you got to get used to those brakes and you won't build the bad habit. Yeah. Because make no mistake, just using your rear brake is a bad habit. As we've learned from Chuck, no, use both brakes dude, even when you don't need them. But I learned back in, when I was in riding back in the day that, you know, the front brake, ding, ding, do dang, suicide, bang, from them with my three-quarter helmet and, you know, hold my beer. Huh. Huh. It's a scary moment. Yeah. I've, I've not had many moments, actually, quite honestly. I, I remember one of your exciting moments. Which one was that? We were coming down Parley's, mm-hmm. and uh, we were heading to 80, Yeah, right, to head back to your place, mm-hmm. and the truck didn't want to let you in. No, he really didn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the truck didn't want to let me in. Of course, I was on the Strom at the time, and I'm like, oh, really? <laughs> Drop cog, nail it. <laughs> I just see this fist and finger waving in the air. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> you! I was just like, wow, he, he really wants to get by that truck. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> Get some. <laughs> Should we move on to classifieds? I think we need some classifieds. Okay. I got to tell you about this first classified, though, Chuck. Okay. First off, this is a real ad. This is the third and final time I'm listing it before telling everyone on Craigslist to fuck off and just keep it. <laughs> if you seriously think this is a bogus ad, then call me. Or better yet, come and see it. I have spent an embarrassing amount of money on this and spared no expense to create a real badass scoot. It's 103 cubic inches with 4,000 miles since build with paperwork. Big Dad Customs. Bad Dad Customs. Rear fender with bag extensions. Full sack. (laughs) performance true duels with bump slip on mufflers blah 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 boring stuff with receipts <laughs> uh somebody's kind of angry there's a lot of anger here yeah i've yeah. got a lot in it expect to get a fair price i also added kicker three-way speakers for the stereo which is out right now but i have a replacement this Texting. bike needs nothing except a working stereo don't email me i will delete them be ready to buy Lol ballers and tire kickers stay away. My time is valuable. Uh, okay. I don't believe you. <laughs> no one with valuable time writes an ad this long. This is an essay. Yeah, and it's an essay of pain. He's angry. This is a diary of pain, Chuck. <laughs> I don't know what to make of this. Um, I I don't want to buy his bike. Well, obviously you're not serious about the bike, and you'd probably do something like email him, you asshole. Uh, you jerk. Uh. Uh. You're not ready for this scooter, dick. Uh, Do you want to buy it? No. Asshole. <laughs> okay, so how not to sell your bike? Uh, this. Yeah, pretty much right there. <laughs> All of this? Mm-hmm. Don't mm-hmm. do not do Yeah, be angry. No, keep it to yourself. <laughs> yeah, that's just wrong. Be, be angry in your own head. And uh, let's go with the other spectrum of not what to do. Mm-hmm. Hi, CL. 
am sailing my 2001 Quack 500. It a real good bike. It runs good and real good on gas. It has low miles, as you can see in the pics. I need to sell because I got Biker One and 500 is too small for me. So it's guest park at my carport for something I can't loud pics. But you can text me and I'll send you some. <gasps> How old is this person? This sounds like the way my nephews text each other. This is below that. My favorite part about the bike has to be the Monster Energy stickers all over it. <laughs> this person, this person was like vibrating as they wrote this, and that's why. It, <laughs> that's why <what> happened. <laughs> you just loaded up. And like, <laughs> Buy my bike. <laughs> He should probably not be on a bike mm. uh, that loaded with the energy drinks. Yeah, it, uh, too it, much it, sugar and caffeine. Throttle break, throttle break, throttle break. <laughs> break, rear break. <laughs> no, no, that's you. Maybe that was my. I, I did have a Red Bull. No wonder no one will ride behind versus riders. What? Well, that and you're ugly. Oh, <laughs> yeah. The the other end of the how not to sell nonsense English. And the stickers on the bike is one thing. If it's vinyl stickers on the side that are just of you know fairly innocuous stuff, yeah. Why would you take a black Ninja Five Hundred and stick monster stickers all over it? Like now it's the race edition. Yes. Maybe he's a stunter. He's sponsored. I think he's just wired. <laughs> <laughs> I'm starting to wonder because I mean he took the trouble to put all of these monster stickers all in, and it's all matte black too. So you yeah. know somebody painted it that color. He he liked the. He likes their logo? Yeah, he did it on purpose. Yeah. And that's the crazy thing. Well, who does stickers on accident? Well, uh, true. Okay, good point. <laughs> But I'm like, sorry. I accidentally slept with your sister. <laughs> I was just walking along and I tripped and my penis was in her. Sorry. <laughs> my bad. Dude, I'll totally make that up to you. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't, mean, I don't mean accidental like he slipped and fell and now his bike's covered with monster stickers. <laughs> He fell into a pile of monsters. Ah! <laughs> oh, <so> sticky! <laughs> ah, I can't get them off! Oh, God, the bike was here. But, I mean, this is calculated. I mean, it's not It's not just like, I like this sticker, and so I stuck it on my side cases. I like several of them. This is like, monster is cool, and if I put these on the bike, the bike will be cooler. Uh, well, you know, it's a ninjet. It could use to help. That's true, I suppose. Does it look like he cut up some monster stickers to do on the sides of the tank? I, I think so. Yeah, he took the actual monster part off and just left the uh, the the green thingies. Wow. Well, you know, maybe that's his favorite drink. Yeah, or maybe maybe he has to sell the bike because he's diabetic. <laughs> From monster drinks. <laughs> I'm just I'm just saying it's possible. We're getting sued. <laughs> Sued extra hard. <laughs> like really hyperactive lawyers. Defamation. <laughs> <laughs> Now talk about how much you like monster drinks to make up for it. Monster drinks taste like ass, <laughs> but they make you wired as fuck. <laughs> you will not be able to sleep for three days after drinking one and you will pee 500 times. Yeah. Our last ad comes from uh, Sean. And it's a uh, CBR 600 F2. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Runs, drives good, 28,000 miles, mm-hmm. worn out seat cover. And what the fuck is that on the back? It appears to be part of a folding chair that he has put on to make a sissy bar. I give him points for, uh, for you know, originality. He, he cut CBR into the back. Is that like when you put the giant H on the back of the Civic in case anyone <laughs> didn't know it's a Honda? Maybe this is the same kind of thing. Like, I'm on a CBR. Everybody's like, yeah, we, we know. So, okay, I can see his worn out seat cover. Yeah. There. yeah. So you think he's got a girlfriend that's like, I'm going to fall off the back. I'm afraid. I assume so. Or he's trying to pick up chicks, but he wanted them to know that he's on a CBR. He's like, hey, <laughs> hey, you know, I'm on a CBR. And they're like, yeah. There's he's room. Like, room for two. Hey. <laughs> Jump on. She's like, what are you, a versus rider? <laughs> No, it's a CBR. <laughs> jump, jump on. What? What? No, That's peculiar. I mean, I, I can see. I can see that it's nice. He's gone to the effort of trying to make it match. I mean, to his credit, he did paint it to match the bike, and yeah. labeled it. Labeled it in case anyone forgot. But I, I only think he was giving rides to somebody who was uh, mm-hmm. didn't want to touch him. <laughs> That makes sense, actually. Yeah, yeah. They need something to lean back against so they could get the as far, far away. from him as possible. He's giving rides to his sister. It could um, be, yeah. yeah, yeah. His, his grandmother. Yeah, yeah. Um, wow. 
CBR. Uh, you know, it's a bike. Fourteen hundred dollars. I have a hard time making too much fun of him because let's be honest, this looks like something I do. We've seen worse. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, okay. <laughs> Moving on from bikes uh, for sale, let's look at bikes in the future. The future. This bike has balls. <laughs> I am the first person ever to make that joke. <laughs> uh, in this room tonight, this a uh, concept bike, the uh, spherical wheel motorcycle makes it easier to dangerously weave through traffic. Yeah. This already defeats like the primary reason you have a bike. You're not leaning on this thing. You're not leaning? I, I don't really see you leaning with this bike. You don't think so? Not a whole lot. Oh, to do like the uh, the bat pod thing from the new movie where the wheels spin sideways and inexplicably you stay upright. Right. In de- de- defiance of physics. Right. That's not happening on this bike either. Right. But I mean, I just don't – it doesn't look like it has a whole lot of clearance. No, it looks like your uh, your balls go a little <laughs> sideways. What? I, I'm worried about this bike because, you know, what happens if one of your balls is lower than the other? Well, the balls, uh, these big, big balls, big, big, big balls – are made from carbon fiber uh-huh. and fiberglass covered in rubber. So they're big rubber balls. Mm-hmm. <laughs> big squishy balls. Big squishy balls, which, uh, I mean, your contact patch is, you know, small. I, I don't know, man. I'm just not seeing it with this bike. I, you know, it's, it's, so the, it's got an eco-friendly drivetrain, which is code for electric, <laughs> which is BS. But – Spherical design is safer than a traditional motorcycle so the front wheel can't suddenly turn sideways and jackknife, leading to a crash. Because that happens all the fucking time. (laughs) Those giant spherical wheels make maneuvering and parking an absolute breeze since the bike can actually move sideways just as easily as it can forward and backward in case you're a fucking idiot. Yeah, I don't think it said that in the article, Todd. Uh, It's implied. Uh The students hope to have the concept fully assembled and running by the end of the year, but whether or not such a design would ever go into production remains to be seen. No. And while it's great that they're remaking the car from iRobot, couldn't they have fixated on the fifth element instead? I want my flying taxi. Fuck that. Look at this frame. Yeah. You know what goes in those two areas where the balls would be? Hover fans. Yes. <laughs> Except you fall over sideways. You make it smart hover fans. I don't know. I'm just the idea man. Mm. This needs to be a flying fucking bike. No, I think it needs balls. No. These big balls. No. It needs to roll around on balls. The rider can bring their own big balls. <laughs> what if it's your bike? <laughs> balls. Insert balls joke here. Nobody likes you. I'm just. I'm trying to. I'm trying to imagine. Like this. This is. This is taking nerdery and biking to a new level. Like this is. This is below the versus on the dork. Shut up. Zone. <laughs> I mean, you know, can you just? Can you just see somebody pulling up on this? Like, go sideways. Hi, lady. My bike goes sideways. You want to hop on your back? He could do donuts. I've got enormous balls. <laughs> yeah, this bike can make the box real easy. Rotate. <laughs> Rotate out. I mean, you could do all sorts of cool tricks on it, actually, would be the upside of it, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. And you don't have far to fall over when... Like amazing sideways power slides? (laughs) Okay, actually, now I'm kind of... I'm starting to want to ride this. (laughs) Just once. Just... Just... (laughs) What did you do to our concept? (laughs) Your frame is too flexible. (laughs) You know what this bike is? This bike is complete balls. You know... (laughs) You know what you see? You see Todd flying by from left to right. Hear a crash, and you see this giant flaming ball go bouncing back. Oh, that's a good question. If they're coming, remember, are they like bouncy balls? Like if you can, if you can wheelie one of them, can you start going down the road like boingy boingy? Because that would be rad. I would, I would ride that. You're hitting the hills in San Francisco. Just boing boing. boing. <laughs> No. <laughs> oh, our next concept bike. Of the future. Of the future. From back in the archives, but not so much from the archives. From now, the Lit Motor C1 is back. The, the uh, This is the uh, the untippable bike. The gyroscopically stabilized, physics-defying, untippable bike. Yeah, you get hit by a car and you bounce off like a you pinball. inexplicably what go could go sideways. wrong. Yeah, the big thing I can think of that can go wrong yeah. is it talks to your smartphone in the cloud. <laughs> Did you mention I can't tip the thing over? I've tried. What are you drunk <laughs> well yeah <laughs> so here's the thing here's the thing i see it's got gyroscopes that keep it upright yep yep that's great right that's until cool. the gyroscopes aren't powered anymore well you think it would have some sort of advanced warning not only do you run out of power you run out of power and then you fall over on the door and you can't get out <laughs> guys guys are you 
thinking their lights would start blinking. Seriously, you guys? <laughs> you know, maybe the the thing would just stop <laughs> and lower its kickstand. Or Chuck, Chuck, seriously. Yeah. Have you ever known anyone who has not run a car down to zero despite the fact that they have gas gauges and little lights that turn on? It won't happen twice. Okay. <laughs> Everybody knows someone <laughs> like it's their job. You do this to them once. Once you fall over once on this thing, it, you know. God. They, they've, they've had to have put in some contingency uh-huh. for that because uh-huh. they have to have done it themselves. Yeah, I'm sure during the testing, that was actually a common thing. Duke. (laughs) Guys! You guys! You know what this thing needs? Giant balls. (laughs) If only I was on balls! Uh, Wait a minute. If if you tip the ball bike over, did the balls roll out? (laughs) Thunk. Hey, somebody help me catch my balls! What happens is a bunch of little kids show up and they start pushing the ball around, <laughs> like at those fountains and stuff with the ball on the on mm-hmm. the jet of water. Yep. And then you can't put your bike back up because the, the children will cry. Yeah. The uh, the uh, the gratuitous dick sucking of this guy who invented this is is completely out of hand. Distracted driving is a growing problem, so this is all experienced through a minimal digital HUD to convey the right amount with the minimum. Google glasses for your windshield. This doesn't sound like a tragedy in the making at no, all. They also note about him that he spent some oh. time at the Rhode Island School of Design and nearly died rebuilding two Land Rovers in his quest to make the perfect SUV. It sounds as crazy as you can get, but maybe that's what we need more of in this world. Kim also machined his own spectacle frames from titanium. What can't this guy do? He's got a total crush on him. Yeah. Who wrote this? I don't know, but they got a boy crush on him. Yep. He's got a boy crush on him. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that thing's too small to make out in. Yeah, that's a problem. Yeah. Yeah. You're not taking dates. and Well, let's see. If you've got that, you're just not dating anybody. That's a good point. <laughs> not a problem. <laughs> hey, you want to go out with me? No. No. <laughs> okay. Here, dude. <laughs> hey, wait. Can you just help somebody? This is terrible. <laughs> Too weak to open door. I'm the future. <laughs> I'm the future. What's left? Closer to home, we actually have something pretty cool. My hometown motorcycle cops, in addition to having the completely kick-ass ST1300Ps, oh, come on, one of those with a white sidecar, we would get out there and pull bitches over. <laughs> like, what the fuck's up? Get in. <laughs> Wheel nerds. Ta-da. Badges and everything. And, and, and don't tell the real cops we're here. <laughs> Listen to our show. Scream! <laughs> Here comes the cop. We gotta go. We gotta go. Go. Lean, monkey, lean. <laughs> Why do I hear circus music playing when we pull out? <laughs> well, anyways, cool ST1300Ps aside, my hometown also has cool vests that Air- inflate. Airbag vests. Yeah. Okay, we've seen BMW kind of doing like an airbag jacket. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is pretty cool. So $400, you can get an airbag vest. Mm-hmm. That blows up, protects your spine, protects your neck. And, you know, these are the areas that are kind of, A, important, and B, a little harder to protect and still have a comfy jacket. Yeah. And uh, let's see, they're talking about this technology in the video. And why does that guy have a balloon on his head? Oh, yes. They're talking about the other technology. What the fuck? So the vest makes perfect sense to me because the vest just inflates around you and it's bouncy. These, uh, these Isolates no... your necks, which is good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Combine it with a helmet and some good arm pads. Hi, Brian. Set. <laughs> Brian will be the first buyer. <laughs> he may already have ordered one. Yeah. <laughs> he just rides around with it inflated. Available now. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't even bother. He actually has it attached to the house. <laughs> when he walks out the door. <laughs> Safe. Aha. But yeah, they got this other, this airbag helmet thing. Uh, what? Which, you know, is clearly great uh, if you get hit from behind by a slow-moving car. Yeah, so it, it inflates into like a three-quarter helmet. Yep. For your head. So as long as you fall backwards, it's great. You totally don't look like a space ball. No, no, not a bit of it. <laughs> it's adorable. I mean, I, I like the idea of protective gear that's really effective, but quite frankly, I, I don't know that this is the magic way to go. No, because this is clearly like, you don't like to wear helmets? Put this on instead. Yeah. yeah the vest, vest is great because the vest could supplement any number of things. Put this in over on with any jacket you've got and yep. you've got a great supplement. Yep. The using it to avoid other gear? Like helmets. You're missing the <laughs> boat here, folks. <laughs> you're doing it wrong. Ah, uh, yeah. Because, I mean, what if a bug hits you in the face? Does the Helmet in place. <laughs> <laughs> Here comes a bug. 
damn it. Oh, not again. I'm out another 50 bucks. Because, <laughs> I mean, I'm going to assume once you blow this vest. Or yeah, you're going to need a new little charge thing for yeah. it. And they're not going to make that cheap. No, no. Yeah. I mean, that's like that the table saw technology where it drives the blade into an mm-hmm. aluminum brick if it senses your hand. Yep. You're out a blade and cartridge. <laughs> <laughs> Have fun with that. Yeah. Uh, okay, so the helm- helmet, not so much. Vest, mm-hmm. that's cool. Vest is cool. I'd, I, I hope we see more stuff like this. More comfortable gear that's less bulky but more protective. This is great. I mean, this is saleable. This is the future. And think of the entertainment value for your friends the first time you guys pull over for gas. And, and you, you forget. forget. <laughs> <laughs> Unclip. <laughs> Damn it. Not again. You want to go eat lunch? Oh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> And for extra fun, shorten your friend's lead sometime. (laughs) (laughs) Or at a stoplight, reach over and go... (laughs) Instead of the power kill switch, you... (laughs) Yep. A new fun thing to do. Or, you know, you just put a drop or two, you know, epoxy (laughs) in the clip before he clips in. (laughs) 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 Gotta go to the bathroom really bad. (laughs) Garbage just ain't funny. If only the, the not falling over bike that falls over when it runs out of power had airbags. <laughs> I've fallen on the door. <laughs> Thank God. Except only one side has airbags. <laughs> Thank God. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, that's horrible. Oh, man. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, that, that would be that would be fantastic. Yep. I want to see more of this. This is this or, you is know, cool you, stuff. your bike gets sleepy and you low slide. First thing you're going to remember is to unclip yourself from the bike (laughs) when you're scrambling. Oh, my God. I just realized something. Hmm. So you know how my soft luggage on the sides of my Strom tank is incredibly good protection for the bike when it has low-speed tip-overs? Yeah. I need airbags for the bike for (laughs) low-speed tip-overs. Oh, no! (laughs) It's the the, you're a goddamn idiot in the garage bag coming soon from Wheel Nerds. Oh, no! (laughs) Oh, thank God. I could totally see Strum's going with that. Claire will be the first purchaser. EST. <laughs> of course, it's wheel nerds, so we'll have to start on a budget. So instead of being balloons, they're dolls. Oh no, I'm falling. I'm... <laughs> it's like the autopilot from the movie Airplane. <laughs> <laughs> and what are you doing with that doll in the garage? <laughs> Chuck, I think there's a market here. Not only is it a way to protect pretty motorcycles from the ground, but it's, you know, companionship for those long, cold nights. If you say versus riders, I'll kill you. Everyone just said it in their heads for me. Shut up! <laughs> All of you, shut up. <laughs> oh, man. So we've got an interview tonight. Yes. That involves no inflatable anything, as far as I can tell. Damn right. Yep. We're going to talk with Florian Newhauser from Roadrunner Magazine. And we're on with Florian Newhauser, the editor and marketing guy at Roadrunner Motorcycle Touring and Travel Magazine. How you doing, Florian? Good. What's going on, guys? Oh, you know, making a show. Talking yep. about motorcycles. What? Chuck, Chuck actually took a bath tonight, so, you know, it's a good night here in the studio. Shut up. <laughs> Absolutely. It's never a bad thing to talk about motorcycles. So, Florian. What kind of name is Florian? Austrian. Originally from Austria. Moved here when I was uh, 12 years old. Oh, oh cool. Okay. And so, the Roadrunner Magazine is kind of a family operation, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, my parents and my brother and I, we started it in 2001. Oh, wow. So uh, talk about, you know, how the magazine got started. Well, my parents, when they moved over here and dragged us along, they also uh, put both their motorcycles in the container as well. Well, we weren't in the container, but, you know. (laughs) Kids, make sure these don't fall over. (laughs) We've given you three days of food. Here's a pot. And it's something you can rub down the bikes with for us. Thanks. If there's we a scratch on the bike, you're going to get it. Couch and, uh, couch and cabinets. But when they came over here, they had their two Triumphs, a Triumph Tiger and a Triumph Speed Triple. Ooh. And, of course, they immediately went out and explored the back roads in North Carolina and into Virginia. But they wanted to know a little bit more about. And my dad was always a very big fan of going to the newsstand and bookstores to look at magazines. And although he found a lot of good motorcycle magazines, mm-hmm. none that really catered to uh, touring and talked about where to go and what to do along the way as well. Mm-hmm. So crazy idea. One led to the other. And a year later, we started the magazine. Just see how it goes. Luckily, it was very well received. And we've been growing every year since 2001. So hopefully people do like what we're doing. 
Yeah, it seems like you're one of the few magazines who actually talks about going places and places to go as opposed to just, here is the new bike, and now we will read you the pamphlet that came with the new bike. <laughs> yeah, that, that's always the thing. I mean, with motorcycles, I've gone on so many press intros, and really, they're all such great bikes these days. I mean, you really have to ride a bike for maybe a month straight to find anything wrong with it or something that you like. And then it's usually personal. It's usually nothing to do with the machine itself. Yes, nothing to do with the machine. Or the way the seat smashes you into the tank. Yeah, yeah. But I suppose that's just you. Shut off. <laughs> yeah, it depends what kind of bike you have. We just had um, a F650 GS project bike, and the stock seat was terrible. I mean, I'm about 6'2", and the seat just pushed me totally into the tank. And, you know, as a guy, it's not very comfortable to ride like that. Mm. But now, thanks to a custom seat from a guy in, in D.C., it's completely different. Ten times better. That's a pretty common story with bikes is uh, the yeah. factory seats are, aren't just that great. <laughs> They've got to save some money somewhere, I guess, right? It's really trial and error. You have this to see what fits your ass. <laughs> this seems like the factory seats are just better for, like, sitting on in a showroom and be like, oh, this is this feels good. It could be they're just designed to be uh, durable, you know, so they can get lots of asses and not really show much wear. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They, they, the firmer, the better. The greatest common denominator ass is... <laughs> sort of like an average ass. Wow, how'd you like to be the guy whose job it is to figure out what an average ass is? <laughs> Spend a lot of time in Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> we don't think the people you're looking at for ass is really our target market. <laughs> Shut up. Need more ones. <laughs> so, Roadrunner Magazine, you guys aren't just kind of sitting on your laurels with uh, the magazine anymore, are you? You've got other stuff going on, don't you? We, we try to keep busy, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the magazine already takes up every day of the week, but we also do organized tours as well. Next year, we'll do three in Europe, one that's Central Europe, one that goes down to uh, Western Europe, down to Nice in France, and the third one for next year will be Croatia. Oh, wow. Mm, neat. So what's, like, the biggest challenge in putting together a tour overseas? Probably that it would have to be talking with all the hotels because getting all the hotels lined up is trickier than one might think because, first of all, they're all family-owned and operated. Mm. And, I mean, in Austria, Germany, Italy, most of them do speak very good English. But let's say if you call France, mm -mm, no. <laughs> you're most you're of in the big trouble. People, they will not speak English or they cannot speak English. And it's, it gets a little difficult. What, French people not wanting to speak English to us? I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. And it's also you think that if you call a hotel and tell them you're coming with uh, 14 people, that they would be excited. But oh, boy, bring us money. It, right, it right. depends on the day of the week. If we would want to stay in a hotel on, let's say, a Saturday for just one day, they would not give us any rooms. They say take at least three nights, or you're not getting anything. Wow! Oh, right. It's tricky booking all the hotels. Absolutely, that's the biggest challenge. So, do you arrange for bikes once you get over there, or are people shipping our bikes for the tour? Well, we do all with our BMW. We fly into Munich and we rent BMWs there, and you can yeah pick your poison. The full European experience. So let's say I want the full European experience, but I'm not in a BMW. Can you get me like a like one of those greenish Vespas with a little spare tire on the back and maybe a wicker basket? If you want it, we can get it, absolutely. I don't know how fast you can keep up with a little scooter, but we will definitely accommodate it. You've never seen me flog a scooter, obviously. I, I don't think he has anything to be worried about. <laughs> no, but it's a, it's a fun trip. It's very challenging. I mean, just imagine riding switchbacks. All day long. It, it gets very tiring. And that's why we always tell people that if you don't enjoy nonstop curves and if you're not a very skilled rider, then this tour is probably not for you. So do you have something you use to kind of weed them out at the beginning? Like maybe you should go on the wine tour instead. That's, that's what we try. It's very difficult to weed out people. You try to get as much information out of people as possible, how long they're riding, what kind of bikes they ride, where they live. But sometimes that means nothing. And I mean, you can have somebody from the middle of Canada who rides an ultra classic, and you're thinking, well, he might not be able to ride curves, but then when he gets to Europe, he's just tearing up the roads. I mean, you just never know. That must make for interesting times as a touring guy. Do you end up having to split up groups and stuff like that, or do you just kind of have everybody go slow? And what's your approach to a situation where you've got wildly different skill levels? Well, we never take more than uh, 12 motorcycles, and it's a pretty good-sized group. Mm. And most years, everybody's on the same page skill-wise. If not, in certain sections, we just make two groups out of it. Because mm. most of the roads, there's really um, no way out. There's only one road. So we can split up and people can take their their own time and stop and take pretty pictures along the way. 
Mm-hmm. Like envisioning, you know, canyon walls that go straight up. You have only one option. Go that way. <laughs> no, that's, that's basically it. I mean, sometimes we're on roads that are basically a car width wide, wow. and you have the guardrail, and that just completely stops for the next 2,000 meters. You ride up the mountain and just hope there's no oncoming traffic. One year, we even had to do that in the rain. That was not fun. Yeah. Boy, I hope there's not a truck. I hope there's not a truck. <laughs> oh, look, a truck. Yeah. And sometimes the switchbacks are so steep and narrow, like on Stelvio, that you always have to look up and down to see if there's a car or bus coming, because if there is, you just have to stop. There's no way that both vehicles can get around the switchback there. And that's usually where people drop the most bikes, mm-hmm. is going on Stelvio. I mean, just imagine doing 64 U-turns. <laughs> oh, man. It's, it's a challenge. It's really, I would like that. It's, it's not fun riding up there. Nobody does it because it's fun. It's just an adventure and a challenge. Mm-hmm. And so you can say you've been at the top. I've done Stelvio, and I'm never doing it again. <laughs> that's that's basically it, yeah. This year we had a woman that said she had three, or she gave birth to three children, but that was a piece of cake compared to this. Wow. Jeez. I mean, that might have been a little extreme, but it's just to give you an idea of how, how difficult it is. That That's your marketing tagline right there. <laughs> Harder than having three kids. That's right. We'll make you cry. <laughs> Sign me up. I'm, here's my here's my credit card. <laughs> I'm curious because the tendency of the motorcycle review, and you talk about the problem of reviewing a modern motorcycle, but it's they're all really good. So, what do you think? What can be done to make a review actually interesting or useful for motorcyclists these days? What I always try to do is not only focus on all the technical aspects. I mean, sure, I'm going to list what kind of engine it has and what kind of suspension and everything, so mm-hmm. you can compare it to other models. But what people really care about is how it performs on the regular road, not a racetrack, and mm. how comfortable is it to ride? Are there any false neutral? Is it easy to shift? How are the brakes? And what's the price of the motorcycle compared to similar ones in the in the same category? And also what features comes with its standard? And, of course, ABS is a big one, too. I think all motorcycles should come with ABS standard. Just, I mean, it's safe. Why not? But it's more about how will it perform on a tour, let's say. And then people just have to go out and, and ride it. I mean, that's the best thing you can do. It's it's all very uh, very personal. A bike that fits me will not fit another person. I mean, I like the really tall adventure motorcycles. Neutral riding position. It's the most fun in the curves. I can take it on gravel roads. Might not be the best person who's five feet tall. Hi, hi Claire. <laughs> Our friend who rides a tiger and is not tall. Now, talking about adventure touring, I'm sure you, you've seen the trend lately. Everyone's jumping in with a leader bike, trying to capture market share from BMW with their GS. You know, Kawas- uh, Yamaha's on it. Um, Triumph is on it. Kawasaki's bringing a, a leader version of the Versus. Everyone's trying to horn in on this market. Do you think that market just is going stale already? No, I don't think so. I think it it will keep growing, especially because a lot of younger people get into these kinds of motorcycles. I mean, with Harley-Davidson, they're still the the biggest motorcycle manufacturer in the world, really. Mm-hmm. And their customers will age out eventually. And I don't have lots of friends my age, I'm 26, that ride a Harley or would want to ride a Harley. And if you like off-roading and if you like curves, then such a dual-sport motorcycle is really one of the best choices. Do you see them, the manufacturers getting into sort of a, a size war? I mean, BMW's new GS is a 1250. Oh, it's 50 more. Right? I mean, do you, do you think they're going to be kind of doing what the cruiser market did with, you know, our engine's bigger and, no, this year it's 1,400. Or, I hope not. Because <laughs> <laughs> these, these things are getting to be like bigger and heavier land yachts, you know? Yeah, and it's it's completely useless if you ask me, but it's what sells motorcycles. You have to make it bigger. So you can tell people it's better and they have to buy the new one. Right. I mean, it's bigger. Start, start making smaller ones. You know, it's very difficult to convince people they should buy it. They got more bulleted feature lists. Look, it's got the, the menu beer button. opener and the menu button. <laughs> yeah. We're not be happy with a KTM, a 690. I mean, one cylinder, nice and small, ton of fun in the curves. Don't need very much more. So is that your main bike right now, the, the KTM? No, I wish. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's just my dream bike. But what I have are you riding? Seven Triumph Tiger and a KTM 450 EXE for the woods. I mean, I'm Austrian. I have to have a KTM. That's the law. It's required, right? Yeah, yeah. you get in big trouble. They, they start sh- sending you fines and things. <laughs> they show up. Well, right. that is true, yeah. 
<laughs> I started seeing pictures of KTM's new models, and you know they're they're not ignoring the the big adventure space either. They were kind of there with strange looking spacey bikes with two gas tanks for some reason. Yeah, mm, yeah, it's, I like the adventure. I'm excited to see the new one. I think it's what an eleven ninety. Yeah, something yeah. like that. It looks sportier. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't look quite as much like a weird cone head. Yeah, I mean it's still cone headed. I mean it's KTM, but you sure. know, it, it it does look sportier. Okay, that helps. It's like they're all trying to cram into that space. And I think they put in the engine of the RC8, so should have plenty of power. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I just got a smaller bike. You know? <laughs> So you went from magazine to tours. So what encouraged you guys to start the tours business on the side? Was it something you'd always wanted to do, or was it something that just popped up in somebody's head? No, really, that was really my dad's idea. Contemplating sitting here at the office, how he can get back to Europe and ride around and see his old friends. Uh, But he also wanted to show our readers where they grew up and where he started to ride and where he started to learn to ride motorcycles, because my dad didn't start riding until he was in his uh, mid-30s. Mm-hmm. So really, back in the day, that's pretty late to start riding if you don't grow up with it. He just put together the first tour. We called it, the, I think, the four-country tour at the time. And he did two back-to-back. The first group for two weeks and then the second group for two weeks. Wow. And we had to stay two nights in our hometown in Tomsvig in Austria. And that, of course, was a requirement as well. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is a pretty good racket they got. <laughs> You spent all day thinking about motorcycles. That's how it started out, because he really wanted to go back, and he got to hang out with his friends, and everybody had a blast. Now we just keep continuing it, because it's a very popular tour. And the reason why we keep adding new tours is because the past participants, the first question is, where do we go next? Mm, Right. And you're like, well, let's see, where do I want to go? (laughs) That's that's it. I mean, we (laughs) we have to poll the people and see where they want to go, where we want to go. Right now, Africa is very hot. Everybody wants to go to Africa. Yeah, yeah, I've noticed that too. Huh? I'm not sure I want to go to Africa. Yeah, I don't know. I gather from Europe, Africa's kind of you know they they think of it the same way we think of South America. Like you can just get on the road and go there. That's not what I think of when I think of South America. Really? Yeah. Might need a boat. Might get a little icy there in Panama. I think mainly a beer, beer. That one time I woke up, I didn't have my pants. <laughs> We've heard enough, Chuck. That was weird. <laughs> I was handcuffed to a, ha- a bathtub once in the back of a police car. Is that your uh, Tijuana story? <laughs> wow, he's heard this story. <laughs> That's everyone's yeah, The internet, you cannot hide. <laughs> Just check Facebook. <laughs> this is what I want to know, Florian. So you grew up, I mean, you're, you said you're what, 26? 26, yes. And the magazine started 2001, 2002? Yeah. So you... You grew up in a motorcycle family, and it's a family business. What was your first bike? First bike was a 1995 Honda VFR 750. Well, and that, was, that was a big bike. Wow. <laughs> That's a it had the loudest pipe on it. It had um, a D&D pipe on it. It sounded so cool. <laughs> sounds a lot like your Vifford Chuck. <laughs> wow. So, and, and your folks were just like, yeah. Here you go. Get out there and wheelie that thing. Go rip yeah, it up. We also needed a different motorcycle to put in the magazine because at the time we used our personal uh, Triumphs quite uh-huh. frequently. So we decided we need a, a new one for editors to ride. And I was 15 when it first showed up in the garage. And one of our editors took it on a tour with my dad. And on the Blue Ridge Parkway, he hit a deer with my brand new motorcycle. <laughs> Before I even got to swing a leg over it. <laughs> I mean, luckily, only um, body parts broke, and he didn't even go down, thankfully. Uh-huh. But the damage was done. Here's your brand new bike. Sorry for the deer head. <laughs> and the blood. And the fur. Wow. Take a moment, Todd. Imagine, you're 15 years old, and your dad's like, here's a viffer. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, but there's a deer. <laughs> but still, it's a viffer. I know. At 15. Yeah, there were always cool bikes in the garage from uh, all the manufacturers. so much. (laughs) (laughs) uh, Kind of like, okay, what do I want to ride today? No, no, not quite like that. But when we had a a Honda Goldwing in there, I was 16 at the time, and my parents left for two weeks on a trip, and they said, do not take the Goldwing. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, I had to take it. I mean, that thing was huge. It had a six-disc CD changer in the trunk, awesome speakers. So I put on a little three-quarter helmet and picked up a girlfriend, and we went, rode some back roads. Yeah, it's a nice bike. Did you wheel I can it? see why people like them. Did you wheelie it? Did not wheelie it. No, absolutely not. I scraped the foot pegs a couple of times, which, you know, 
reminded me to take it down a notch a little bit, but luckily I returned it safely. Now, here's the real question. Did your parents know you took the gold wing? <laughs> did, did they notice the strip? Is your mom going to listen to this and you're going to go home? She's going to hit you with you're a pine so grounded. <laughs> Most likely, yeah. She like, will hear this. I don't even live here anymore. Go to your room. We thought the gold wing got such bad mileage. It turns out not. <laughs> And you're like, but my first bike got hit by a deer. That's right. That was my excuse. Or that will be my excuse. <laughs> the deer. <laughs> 15, he's with Viffer. 16, he's got, he he's took not, a gold wing. Not just, no, he's 15, he's on, he, he stole his parents' gold wing for a ride. That's rebellious, man. <laughs> yeah. I'm 16, I'm going to take this old guy bike for a ride. Was the girlfriend the impressed? Most fun ones. The most fun ones was probably the, the Ninja, the CX-14, and that was a beast. I mean, first time I got on it, put it in first gear, looked down, doing 60 miles an hour. That's, that put things in, in perspective. That's a powerful bike. I, I mean, I get it now. They're like, you know what? We want to ride a bunch of bikes. Let's start a magazine. Hey, you know what? I want to go on tours and have people pay for it. Let's go on tours. What's I mean, next? What's next, that, Florian? That that was the uh, that was the thought in the beginning because my parents like to travel, and the first couple of issues for the tours they did do the travel themselves, but eventually somebody had to stay in the office and do all the work. And then for probably eight years, we were all in the office, and other people went on the tours. But slowly and slowly, we're doing more tours ourselves. We're, we're, we're doing it wrong, Todd. I, we're totally doing it wrong. Our idea was, I want to sit in a tiny cramped room and talk to each other. <sighs> I want to sit next to Todd and smell his farts and talk all day. No, 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 let's start a podcast. <laughs> yeah, that, that won't be the problem on the open road, but hey, next year I'm out in Salt Lake City. Oh, really? Absolutely. We should go right together. Totally. Yeah. Bring bring some bikes. <laughs> bring several. <laughs> We might be able to work something out there. So what, what do you think is the magazine's greatest uh, sort of accomplishment? I mean, what are you most proud of with the magazine? Probably the, the quality of the magazine, the fact that we truly produce for our readers, and the readers do see that, and they enjoy it thoroughly. They go on the tours that we lay out and use the tank back maps that we provide and download the GPS files and even stay at the same hotels. And that, to me, shows me that people care. People care about this magazine and they enjoy it. That was the thing that struck me the most when I was going through the magazine mm. was the maps. Mm-hmm. That was really cool. I mean, not only do you have people talking to you know, laying out their trips and stuff like we see in other magazines, mm-hmm. but the, the detailed route they provide, it's neat. This was fun. You should do it. Here. Here's how to go do it. Here's a map. Yeah. Yeah, it saves people all the, uh, the time and effort. Just yeah. removing another excuse to stay home. Here's the GPS point where I had to pull over and pee. You can be there, too. <laughs> Not quite that detailed. We've had some requests to include uh, the GPS coordinates of where we take all the photos, but uh, wow, nah, I can't imagine doing all that paperwork and organizing when I get back. And plus, that's not creepy at all. <sighs> I want to know where you sleep, Florian. <sighs> Just t- tell me which which side of the bed you used. <sighs> Carolina? I meant to say Fiji. I mean... <laughs> No, there's not several restraining orders against me at all. I bet not. Again, yeah. Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> so running tours, you guys probably have to give a lot of thought to safety and beyond just the, you know, put on your own helmet and your gear, but kind of, I guess, checking everyone else and making sure that they're doing it safely, they're behaving safely, they're dressing safely. Sun this stack of waivers safely. Yeah, right. Yeah, with uh, safety, it's important. I mean, for our organized tours, everybody has to wear a full-face helmet and full riding gear as well, and preferably not uh, riding jeans, even if they have Kevlar. They might save you from some some sliding on pavement, but they won't do much for impact. Mm. And in the magazine as well, every photo you see somebody wearing full gear. I mean, we don't publish photos where people ride without helmets. We also try to make sure that they got jackets and gloves on, too. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what we can do. How big of a headache is the paperwork for, for the people who go on the tour? Oh, it's real easy. I mean, you have to sign a waiver saying that you can't sue us, basically. But well, I, I mean, um, I mean, like traveling, you know, like your passport, your visa, that, that kind of stuff. Do you have to do a carnet thingy? No, we just we get a copy of their passport and their license to make sure they actually are legally allowed to operate a, a motorcycle. But for the countries where we go to, we don't need visas. 
Oh, okay, cool. So if I were to have, say, a criminal record of some kind, perhaps some travel banned internationally, you know, you guys could help me smooth that out. Sure. I mean, we picked <laughs> up where we live. That's either in Munich or in Arequipa in Peru. We meet you there, pick you up at the airport. If you make it that far, you're clear. Then <laughs> <laughs> let's enjoy ourselves and uh, ride some motorcycles. Picturing a guy at the airport just holding a sign that says Chuck. It's like the airport's closing. <laughs> you show up at a canoe. <laughs> Here. Well, for the rest of the trip, you have to call me Pablo. What's the trip you really want to do that you haven't been able to make come together yet? Yeah, I really want to go to Africa. I mean, South Africa, Namibia, uh, that's two countries right there that uh, I would love to see. You want to do from, like, uh, top to bottom, north to south, or right across Africa? No, I don't think I have enough time for that. But eventually, uh, I would like to take a year off and do South America for a year, but not, not, in, uh, not in Africa. Yeah, there's a lot of paperwork to do back at the office, Chuck. <laughs> a lot of bikes to ride. Yeah. Apparently. Yeah, somebody has to do it. Jerk. Speaking of the office, I hear you guys have a yearly ride where everybody at the office just bails for a while and goes for a tour. Yeah, we got our touring weekend in mid July. It's in uh, it's a memorial ride for my dad. He passed away in two thousand and five. The following year in two thousand and six we had it here in uh in North Carolina in Winston Salem and we had thirty people show up and even somebody from Ohio and Canada came down. Wow. And it was very special and nice group of people. This year we had close to 500 people show up in Magdalene. Wow. Oh, How do you wrangle a, a herd that side? It, it turned out to be basically a full-time job. Absolutely. <laughs> Just this one event. I mean, we have six guided tours. We have some unguided tours. This year we had dual-scored routes. We had vendors. We had two live bands playing in our huge event tent at the festival grounds. It, it, it was definitely a fun event. I'm looking forward to next year. Florin? Yes? You know what you need. What's that? You need a bounce house. A bouncy house, yeah? Yeah, a bounce house. Put everyone in full gear. Go in the bounce house with, like, sticks. See, I was thinking more of bouncy castle and then get a bunch of girls in bikinis there and I've pitched that idea several times but <laughs> I can get behind the that I... here are uh, women that idea gets shot down quite quickly see so that's what I'm saying full gear bounce house you can demonstrate the effectiveness of motorcycle gear this is why you wear a helmet bonk this is why you wear armor bonk absolutely and then we can have a poker run <laughs> not then the girls in bikinis Bounce houses, not bands. That's mm-hmm. that's our mantra here at the Wheel Nerds. Yep. Yeah, the bands are cool, but you really need a bounce house to go with it, or preferably just a bounce house. Bounce house. You just have to uh, come out to North Carolina and see if there is a bounce house there. Make the bounce house happen, Florian. <laughs> We're counting on you. <laughs> Build it, and they will come. <laughs> the, the website looked pretty cool to me. It's much better than the uh, the usual magazine websites where there's like, here's a couple stories, and then like massive come-ons to subscribe to it. Right, there's an awful lot of content there. Talk to us about the, the story behind the, the website. The website, well, my brother, he is our technology consult- consultant, as he likes to be called. <laughs> <laughs> everything for our computer systems and our websites. I mean, if we didn't have him, then we probably wouldn't be here today where we are now. You can't really put a price on the website, and we fought for that website for many, many years that he would build it. But the website he built previously, it worked, worked very nicely, but it was very difficult to find tours, and it wasn't very user-friendly. Mm. So for three years, we had to bug him, and he is <laughs> a volunteer after all, so mm. he says no. It's Dude, stop to- eating the Cheetos and do the damn site! Really, and for three years we bugged him, and now with uh, the third revision, I had to draw out every page on a piece of paper and then scan it in and send it to him, and then he built this website in less than three months. It's pretty kick-ass. And it turned out nice, and you can go in there, find digital issues, every issue, back to 2001. You can download GPS files. You can download the tank bag maps from the Shamrock Tours. It's really the best resource a motorcycle tourer can have. So, I don't know how you are with your siblings, but if one of my siblings wanted to be called a technical consultant, I would find something else to call them. So what do you actually refer to your brother as when you want to get on his case? Uh, What's the term? uh, Help me out here. Dickbag? 
Yeah. Nerd. <laughs> no, not big back. Uh, Consulting nerd. You can use that one. Well, it was always uh, IT, the IT guy for a long, long time. IT jerk. The IT guy, yeah. Bastard. Mouth breather. Yeah, nerd. The department, that's what it was. The IT department? Yeah. Hmm. So he's a volunteer? Yeah, he's definitely a volunteer. He's um, He lives up in New Jersey, and he has a full-time job. Oh, okay. okay. Actually gets paid for it, and then he works probably more than 40 hours a week for us with um, the website. To, to, to stay on mom's good side. Yeah, really. But this is your full-time gig. Yeah, for me, this is full-time, yeah. It's nice to see that family businesses, when they're not restaurants, are pretty much the same as restaurants. Hey, that opening shift that nobody likes, good news, your family, so you're on it. <laughs> yeah. Hey, all that paperwork? Yeah, listen. Yeah, but there's a trade-off here. He's like, that's true. He's getting to ride bikes. Do all this paperwork. Don't steal the gold link. Okay. And my first job at the magazine was the subscription department. So here I am, 15 and 16 years old, um, processing all the subscription orders and all the, the checks and payments. And at the time, we still did everything out of the basement of our house. And I would have to take magazines, put them in an envelope, seal them, put an address label on, on it, put them in stacks of 60, put them in a big mail bag, and stack them all. And then put them in the minivan and drive them to the post office. That's, wow. that's how it all started out. Glamorous. And at one point, when we uh, started selling in Canada, the magazine had to say printed in Austria. At the time, we were printing in Austria. So we got to cut open every bundle of magazine, take every magazine out, and stick Made in Austria on the second <laughs> page. Just, Wait. Um, since we have nothing else to do, this is what we have to do to a couple of thousand magazines before they go out. Wait, you were printing the magazine in Austria and shipping it here and then sending it to your subscribers? Correct, yeah. The first couple of issues in Austria, then Germany for a very long time before we finally uh, switched to um, America now. That's interesting. Because they, uh, my parents wanted the A4 format. It's taller. Okay. The idea was that it looks uh, better quality and sticks out on the newsstand. Uh-huh. And also at the time, the Euro was, uh, it was good, absolutely, to bring uh-huh. it over. Okay. What would, what's your your circulation base or subscriber base? I mean, how, how big is Roadrunner? Uh, I think right now we're about... 70 or 76,000 circulation, and that's wow. half subscriber, half newsstand. Wow. And we just did our survey, and we figured out that 63% of our readers shared with somebody else. So actually two people read every issue. Well, yeah, you know, you leave it in the bathroom. Sure, yeah, you, you know, know, guests come over and, yeah. you know, nice soft pages on that nice A4 format that's long. Todd spent a lot of time in my bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> and women like to read it, too. That is absolutely uh, true because it's not all about nuts and bolts. It's actually about places to go and some yeah. really cool travel stories. The travel stories are pretty. Yeah, Todd. I, like I said, Todd spends a lot of time in my bathroom. <laughs> well, you got good magazines in there, don't you? Deep dark secrets. All right, and that's part one of our interview with Florian. Mm-hmm. Come back next week. We'll have more from him. Yes, indeedy. The magazine, just in the times I've been reading it while I was totally not at work. I'm digging it. I like it. I'm I'm subscribed. I like um, what they do. They don't, there's no there's no posturing. There's no BS. And frankly, you know, most of the stuff they write, people actually seem to, I don't know, they feel, what's the word I'm looking for? Adventure? Hardcore? No. Authentic? No. Yeah, authentic. Authentic, yeah. That's what they feel. Authentic. That's pretty cool. I, I, I dig it. Like, next week we'll have part two. Okay, we got mail. Sean, who sent us in the really terrifying YouTube video, he said, on a separate note, a picture of my favorite bike is included, a 2006 Yamaha FZ6 Phaser. Yeah, the name is Lane, but cue up the sound effects to reclaim a little awesome. Here you go. No Photoshop here, just long-term exposure and the girlfriend walking through the flashlight. Sean, husband to the baby grenading missus from the emergency wine episode. Wait, girlfriend and wife? That's awesome! <laughs> and the picture's cool, too. Yeah, yeah, the picture's pretty cool. <laughs> Does your wife know that you take pictures with your girlfriend? Could be. Wow. Could be she just had a lot of the emergency wine. <laughs> uh, Rudy writes, I've been catching up on your previous podcast and love it. I was wondering if you guys could give me some roads I should hit on the way. I am riding an old 92 Yamaha Virago 1100cc and plan to ride... From New Brunswick, Canada to Maine, New York, Ohio, Ohio Indiana, <laughs> Illinois, Iowa, South Dakota, Wyoming, 
Utah, Nevada, California. I'm so sleepy. <laughs> and Arizona. Avoiding highways and tolls if possible. Also, I am riding solo and have a military bivy bag with a thermorest sleep pad and mummy bag if needed, plus other camping gear. Hatchet for Canadian bears and illegal aliens. He's coming from Canada, so isn't he the alien? I think he might be. Yeah. Yeah. P.S. I'm not sure if you guys are still in Utah or not, but since I have to pass through that area, how about we grab some beers? My treat. Okay. <laughs> P.P.S. I vote for Team Top. Okay. Uh, you're going to have to buy me a lot of beer. Brewskies. A lot of beer. So let me think. Places to go through. So he's heading down through Maine. Um, you got to do the seacoast in Maine. Go through, you know, like Bath and uh, Bar Harbor. And Maine won't pronounce it Bar Harbor. It's Bar Harbor. But, uh, yeah. I don't, I don't know. A- All along the coast. Eat at Moody's Diner and Friendship. Uh, New York. You'll go through Vermont. There's lots of good stuff in Vermont. Make sure you go through the northern part of New Hampshire and Vermont through the mountains. That's cool. Um, New York. Mm-hmm. Go. Any any roads you can, like, uh, Not roads. Variety. Spring to mind. No? Um, okay. No, I don't, I don't. New York, all the roads I rode were the ones through the Adirondacks, but a lot of those are just like trees, 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 trees. Maybe some trees. of our uh, other listeners can throw up some suggestions. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Don't speed in Speculator, New York. You I should always ride at the posted limit. At the posted limit. And in New York, there is one cop for every person. And remember, we use miles and not kilometers here. Mm-hmm. You alien. Ohio, Indiana, Illinois, Iowa, South Dakota. I mean, South Dakota, you go to the Black Hills. Yeah. The others, I got nothing. Iowa, just get go through as fast as you freaking can. <laughs> By corn, I hear it's good. Uh, Wyoming. Wyoming? Big Piney. Big Piney. Um, I would I would make sure you hit the northern edge of the state and the uh, western edge of the state. It's where all the parks are. Yeah, yeah. And the northern edge is all kind of, you know, the, you'll have this big, long, open prairie, and then there'll be some little cool mountains, more big open prairie. The gas station in Big Piney. Mm-hmm. Yep. 189. Good burgers. Don't say you're from Canada. No, it's probably a bad idea, actually. In fact, if you could, if you could speak a little more American-y, that'll probably help. Yeah, don't say A. Make sure you say, boy, I sure do have to pay a lot for my uh, medicine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Be saying stuff like, I like apple pie. Guns. Boy, do I love guns. Boobs. Well, that might be true. Boy, I wish I had a can of lard right now. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Utah Route 12. Definitely don't say Team Todd. Mm-hmm. That's just not going to do move. you any favors. Especially when you get to Utah. In Utah, you got to do Route 12. You just you you you're missing the boat if you don't. And we can point you towards some other roads that'll help you get there in a more fun manner. Yeah, definitely. Once you get to Utah, mm-hmm. you're buying. Just make sure you stop in Wyoming for beer. Don't don't use the hatchet. Or maybe you guys could go throw hatchets or something. There you go. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Go throw hatchets and things. Yep. Nevada. What do you have for Nevada? I got. Um. You know, I would say. 50 might be worth the trip if 50, you've never been there. Yeah, or, you know, experience. You, you could take six. Mm-hmm. It's the roundabout way, and it's a little bit more scenic than 50. Mm-hmm. You're going to want to pack extra gas and mm-hmm. brothels. Yeah, that's right. Hookers. Can't yeah. forget them. Hookers. Visit the Hooker Castle. Yeah. As seen on Wheel Nerds. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would probably do six, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I'd be really tempted to go through fifty only just because it's it's such a weird, different experience. Then again, he's from Canada, so he's probably used to be it being just completely empty. Yeah. Oh, you know, speaking of Nevada, I might be going to the California meetup for Horizons Unlimited. Mm, neat. Uh, Joanne talked about it the mm-hmm. last time she was on. Yep. Um, it's in October, mm-hmm. the weekend of the twentieth. Yep. Depends on my work schedule and, and some other stuff. That's, uh, but I'm planning to go out there for that. Nice. And, and so I'll be going out probably through Route 6 or, you know, 50. With, I don't know. Whatever floats your boat. At Whatever the floats, yeah. Well, you know, I figure two days out, two days back. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how it goes. Cool. So, if, you know, if anyone else is going besides Joanne, who I'm sure is, can't wait to meet me. <laughs> <laughs> she's going to be avoiding you. You're going to come around the corner. She's going to duck behind a table. She's like calling all the way. restraining order now. So, yeah, um, there, there's lots of roads and hopefully listeners will write in and give some advice. And Fred can check out all the online forums and ask locals. In fact, asking locals in person is usually the best way to go when you're there. We've yeah. found all manner of good stuff that way. And ADV rider. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also good. Okay, so last email. Last email. Lauren writes, Hi, Wheel Nerds. My husband turned me on to your podcast, and we both love it. And my po- and your podcast turns me on. 
Wait, no, that shouldn't say that. Thank you for all the laughs. We recently took a trip to do the Trans-Wisconsin Adventure Trail, and we wanted to share three pictures from our trip. Thought you would get a kick out of our beer on the third night. Have fun and ride safe. Go Team Wheel Nerds and two votes for Bounce Houses. Lauren and Brett from Wisconsin. It's adventure beer. Adventure beer. Beer is always an adventure. Well, yeah, but this says it on the label. Must be extra good. An adventurous taste. Adventurous beer taste. It's adventure beer. I've had some beer that was adventurous, and I'm not sure that it was that good. Brewed with honey and natural lemonade flavor. That sounds adventurous. I guess she liked it. Yeah. I don't know. It could just mean it's girl beer. I do like the fact that they are like the high-vis family. Wow. Yeah. I mean, can you just see them, like the two of them, the high-vis family, holding like a little kid in a high-vis outfit? (laughs) Man. Helmets. Suits. You know, I was thinking to myself, I'm like, I'm not sure if the uh, – is that the power show or the Lombard they're wearing? I don't know, but I want to say those are tease suits. Yep. I, I'm not sure if Gazi's high-vis is high-vis enough. These these people are checking that out for you. And uh, L- Lauren and Brett are, are visible. Wow. You can see them. I don't see much else. Nope. I've got after images. Eyes are kind of burning a little bit. Yeah. Or oh, that could just be her husband. <laughs> <laughs> And we just lost a listener. Hmm. <laughs> Hi, Brett. <laughs> oh, they're going to come out there and kick our butts. Yeah. Oh, they're on KLRs. <laughs> We're good. No worries. <laughs> I guess one's a KLR, one's a DR, but uh, yeah, we're probably okay. But that's a cool setup, though. I mean, if yeah. you can, you know, husband and wife going on tours and stuff. Yeah, it's probably a lot of fun. Uh, that's well, yeah, you would know. Yeah, yeah. That's I, I, I miss. Traveling with the wife on the motorcycle. Unfortunately, at the moment, it's uh, there's three of us now, and uh, the space is at a premium on a little seat. Yeah, yeah. It's cool, especially when you can share that kind of trip with somebody you know that you really care about. And then you can go into the tent, and then when it starts to get dark in the tent, you... Never mind. What? Stop looking at me like that. Yeah. Hey, I totally had sex. We can prove it now. <laughs> That's cool, guys. Thank, thank you, Hi-Viz family. Thanks, Brett and Lauren. They're totally going to, like, label things now. The high-vis family. The high-vis family with their adventure beer. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I can't wait to see when they have little high-vis children and little high-vis jumpers. <laughs> <laughs> little babies look like instruction cones. <laughs> high-vis sidecar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. that would be cool. Wow, that would be intense. Yeah. Also, side note, don't forget, send us a self-addressed stamped envelope, and I'll mail you back some business cards. Probably a sticker. Probably a sticker. Or you can buy stickers, shirts, stuff like that. From, mm-hmm. uh, you know, merchandising on our website. Mm-hmm. What have you learned this week, Todd? I've learned that the family that burns eyeballs together stays together. I've learned I want a bike with balls. <laughs> <laughs> you guys! Help! <laughs> <laughs> That's all we got time for this week. Till next week, I'm Todd. And I'm Chuck. Ride safe, everyone. We'll see you next time. If you like this podcast, you can find more like it at wheelnerds.com. This has been a Wheel Nerds production, all rights reserved. Readings from other sources are the property of their respective owners and are used with satirical intent.